When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Smith to Ngidi. Football! Got it! Bowled him! The deed finished by Steve Smith. Australia inflict an MCG thrashing on South Africa. And for the first time in 17 years on these shores, they win a series against the South Africans. Australia compelling through the two test matches. They win by an innings and 182 runs in the Boxing Day tests. Welcome back to Mornings on SEN. Sam Hargraves with you right around the country. Thanks to Host Plus. That's A Plus. You can call in anytime. 1300 736 736 is the number for anyone listening anywhere around Australia right now. 1300 736 736 for tyre power. Your tyre experts. You can text in on the 40 Winks Temper text line. That number is 0433 98 11 16. Uh, joining us uh, just to kick things off in this hour, the, uh, the opener. So Jerry Whiteley, the captain of the SEN Test Commentary team, and opening uh, every innings with him, uh, SEN's cricket expert, thanks to Anaconda, hit summer for six with Anaconda's 10% price beat guarantee. Simon Kadich has been good enough to jump on the line to sum up Australia's performance so far this summer. Cat, hello, mate. Good morning. How good is this team? Yeah, they're very good. I think uh, it's been a commanding summer so far, and it looks like they're primed for you know bigger things, and obviously those bigger challenges are coming soon in India and England, where in the last couple of times we've toured there, it's been hard work to win, which historically India, I think we've only won there in 2004, and that was the first time in about 38 years, and then England, the last time we won in England was in 2001, so there's some good challenges for this group, and I think that's something that they're really looking forward to, to keep raising the bar, and so far this summer they've been superb. I mean, they've steamrolled who, well, what was the second-ranked team, South Africa, in six days of Test cricket in the last two weeks uh, in prison at the MCG. And batting, bowling, Alex Carey beyond the stumps. Uh, it's been, yeah, fantastic to watch. So many individual moments. Um, the matches haven't quite lived up, but the moments have certainly been there, Kat. Have you got one that certainly stands out for you? Oh, it's pretty tough. I mean, fresh in my mind, Alex Carey's 100 in the MCG was mm. special. I mean, the way he timed the ball uh, was fantastic to watch. And he hadn't really had much time at the crease this summer. I think Warner's 200, given he was at his back to the wall and all the scrutiny on him regarding no runs and everything that happened with CA and the botched hearing about the leadership, that was special as well in his 100th test. Um, the bowlers have all been fantastic. I mean... Scotty Boland on a number of occasions this year has struck you know, twice, three times in an over. He's been superb. It, it's hard to pick. I, I think it's been a real collective effort. So, in a way, I think that's what has done the job. It's, it's been 11 guys hunting as a pack with bat, ball in the field. You know, all Labashane's run-outs, the Starks run-outs. I, I think it's just... That, that sums up where this group's at. It's a real collective unit. And I think they keep playing like that, it'll hold them in good stead for India because that is going to be their biggest challenge with bat and ball in those conditions against what is a very good Indian team playing at home. So, 
Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint one person because I think, uh, you know, Andrew McDonald will be very proud of the collective nature of this group mm. at the moment. Simon Caddis, the other thing too is it would also be really helpful for them with their relationship with the Australian cricket public, which we've got, we're a bit unsure about where it sits at the moment with some low crowds and then we've got some good crowds on some days and, and then we, you know, we look at the text machine while we're on air and some of the calls that we get, but you know, to Dave Warner to, to maybe uh, channel a bit of Dino in uh, 1986 in, in Chennai or Madras, as it was known then, um, that was about 40 degrees and 80% humidity that day. For Dave Warner, 37 degrees and about 30% humidity, but the toughest conditions you'll play in in Australia to be literally carried off the field. And then that sets a standard, doesn't it, for Mitchell Stark to be bleeding, for literally bleeding for his country with a busted digit. Cam Green comes out to bat again with a broken finger. Despite those guys effectively being ruled out for the next test, they did not want to uh, drop the ball that Dave Warner had carried and been carried off holding in his incredibly stoic and, and courageous and tough innings. So these little things too, when... Some of the real naysayers of the Australian cricket public might go, oh, you know, pampered this and, and, and whatever it be, sandpapered that and uh, whatever it might be. You can't deny the toughness that was shown by the team as well. And those things, those things mean something, I think, to the, to the cricket fan. Exactly. I think you can't ha- help but have admiration for all of those performances. I think you know, it would have been easy for both Green and Stark to say, you know, the test match is over for us. We've got... Mm. Fingers, and um, you could completely understand that because it's certainly not easy playing when you're fully fit, let alone when you've got nasty injuries like that. Uh, particularly with Cameron Green batting with Alex Carey, I mean that was you know wonderful to see his reaction. Yes. He went up before Alex Carey even celebrated himself for the hundred, and then uh, Mitchell Stark, you know, to begin to get back ball ball as well as he probably has all summer. Um, you know that was fantastic to see and. Davey Warner, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, you know, in your 100th test and scoring mm. a double 100 in those conditions. And he, and the South Africans threw everything at him, yep. particularly Norkia. He threw the kitchen sink at him. And with and Warner was able to withstand a, a number of times throughout a couple of different spells with both the new ball and then when he was in the 90s. And credit to him for the way he played because it was a very, very classy knock as well. He didn't really put, you know... It didn't do too much wrong from a, um, you know, the way he compiled that innings and, and the way he moved and the way he ran between wickets. Apart from the mix-up with Labuschagne, that was probably the only moment, whereas the rest of it was was high-class batting at test level and then physical nature of it all as well. Um, it was quite remarkable. Look, there's no doubt he's always going to be a polarising figure in Australian cricket. And what's done is done. He can't change that now, but all he can do is play as well as he possibly can for that team. And, and mm. that's what he's trying to do in the twilight of his career. And you can't help but admire the way he went about it, given you know the scrutiny that was on him and the lack of runs leading into that test match. But, um, you know, he responded magnificently. Yeah, I think it's the defining... I mean, a lot of people have said this before me, but the defining moment of his career... I know the triple ton against Pakistan a few years ago, but this was very different. This was made of the toughest stuff in the hardest of circumstances, as you say. And when it comes to Cam Green, so many people off the text, Simon Cadditch, saying, loved the Fifa, but I'll have the 51 with a broken finger and the celebration for Alex Carey. That's the thing that people are falling in love with. So uh, these are important little moments to keep building that relationship and re-strengthening it after we saw what it really means to adore your team during the T20 World Cup with the Indian fans, Pakistani fans, the Sri Lankans, Zimbabwe, you know, all those. They just worship the ground that these guys walk on. And um, whilst we probably haven't ever really been to that level, but getting back to something near it, these moments are important um, in doing that. What, what 
of South Africa. So you're a coach, you coach IPL. You're going to go over there and coach in their T20 competition. It seemed like even the bowling, which was their main strength, that let them down. The batting was nowhere near it. West Indies scored more runs in their two tests than South Africa have in their first two. But even the little things, Cat, running between the wickets, fielding, tactics, it all just seemed to go by the wayside. What did you make of it? Yeah, look, it's been poor. Um, there's no other way to hide around it. They, they haven't been up to scratch. And yet, mm. prior to that Brisbane test, I ranked number two and everyone thought it was going to be a heavyweight bout. The biggest question on them leading into this series, and everyone did pose it, was around their batting because it did look inexperienced, particularly at test level, compared to what they've had in the past. They've had some unbelievable players, you know, world-class players for a long period of time in their top six. And they've all gone now. So there's no more Faf Duplessis and Smith and Ambler and Callis and A.B. de Villiers and de Kock and all these guys that they've had for so many years. And now changing the guard. I mean, back in the day, probably the last time they toured here, Elgar was probably their sixth best batsman. Now he's their best batsman. He's captain. He hasn't scored a test hundred as skipper. And he's averaging probably around about 30 now. It's probably dropped under 30 after these last few test matches. So... He's under the pump because he's got the weapons at his disposal with the ball. That's clear for everyone to see in terms of what he's got with Norkia and Rabada and, and young Yatsen and Maharaj. His record in Test cricket is very good and, and so is Ngidi. But as a group, they, they didn't hunt as a pack compared to the Australian attack. And there'll be questions raised on his performance, not just with the bat, but particularly with his captaincy. Because at times, they're, they're tactically, they were way off the mark with the fields they were setting, the lengths they were bowling, and, and he's responsible for that. So that's going to be you know, a question that's asked, particularly if Australia go on and steamroll them 3-0 in this series, which I expect they should. Um, there's probably not much coming back from this situation for South Africa unless they change a number of personnel and, and a few guys fire up with the bat. But Australia deserve a lot of the credit because they put them under that pressure. Um, but South Africa... Look, there's always questions asked of their system and their selections and where they're at. And I mean, this new SA T20 league is probably going to put some pressure on their test cricket because they've carved out a window of sort of four or five weeks for it in January for the next 10 years where they won't play any international cricket in that window. They'll play this competition and, and all of their uh, South African international players will be fully available for it. So... They're already cut back on their four-day cricket domestically, which is probably a concern for their test stuff going forward. So it's in a really delicate position at the moment, test cricket. And I think you know people are realising that you know we have a very, very good team at the moment. But if there's not much competition around, then you know people will start to turn off and go, well, why would I want to watch this when it's just a one-sided affair all the time and, and countries aren't up to scratch, particularly... It's always difficult because playing Australia in Australia is always a tough ask. Mm. But... If Australia continue to dominate uh, overseas as well in this period, then you know, and there's only a few teams competing, whether it's you know us and India and England, then you know, Test cricket will be will be challenged. That's for sure. Simon Cadditch, a lot of a lot is made of, of when a batter is captain, as has often been the case in Australian history, especially and and throughout the world. Pat Cummins' record as captain as a bowler is quite extraordinary. He's only lost the one test as skipper, but 46 wickets at 20.21, an economy of 2.62. No captain has done that before. How impressed are you with, with Pat Cummins as a captain, but also performing with the mantle? Yeah, extremely impressed. I mean, those numbers speak for itself. But I think even on day one when... You know, Australia won the toss and bowled. I mean, that was a bat first wicket, probably nine times out of ten. But 
this attack and Pat Cummins is so confident mm. of what they can do to this South African batting lineup. It was a pretty much a sign that they said we're not worried about you know what they've got. We know that if we're on and we hunt as a pack like we have all summer, we'll get the job done, and they did. And South Africa at times handed it to them with runouts and some poor shot selection and stuff like that. But a lot of that is brought about because of the pressure that the Australian attack builds up, and it's a class attack. A lot of these guys, when they finish their careers, will go down as, as all-time greats in Australian cricket. Where we're seeing it with Lyon, you know, climbing right up the the, the wicket tally chart in Australian cricket history, and, and Stark with recently passing 300, and Cummins and Hazelwood, and, and these guys will will be the same by the time they finish their careers. And the way Scotty Boland's going, and, and the fact that how many wickets he takes in the second innings won't take him along, and he'll racked up 100 Test wickets. So, you know, it's great to see Cameron Green is emerging beautifully in his role, and. You know, Pat Cummins, I think he deserves a lot of credit. He, he copped a fair bit of flack recently over, you know, stuff that's been in the press around Justin's departure and um, and then even some of that sponsorship stuff. But, you know, in terms of what they're doing on the field, you can't help but have admiration for the way they're going about it and playing their cricket. And he deserves a lot of credit because he's getting the best out of the collective and the, the guys individually. And that's what leadership's all about. It's not just about his own game, which has been remarkable. It's also about seeing these 10 other guys all getting better under his leadership and, and inspiration. And I think um, we're seeing that with all of the other players that are getting picked and even the guys that are coming in to do a role for a test here or there, whether it's Anissa or Boland coming in last summer and now being part of it and, potentially even the guys that come in at Sydney. It's an environment that he's created along with the coaching staff, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Just two quick ones from me, Kat, before I let you go. Selection for the Sydney test. What do you think will happen, but what would you like to see happen? So Green and Stark out reports today that Agar and Renshaw are in contention. Hazelwood has declared he's fit. Who would you be picking, but who do you think will be picked? Well, I think they will pick. Morris, by the sound of it, after yeah. um, McDonald spoke to Jared the other day in terms of the straight swap for Stark, and I don't mind that at all because I think the youngster's done well for WA this year. I think he's got 27 shield wickets and bowl quick, and, and there's something about him. And they might want to have a look at him before this Indian tour because the last time we won there in 2004, having been a part of that tour, um, our quicks did a fantastic job with reverse swing, and, and it is a way to unsettle the Indians. They love playing spin, so I understand they'll will probably try and play two spinners, but we exposed them in that series with three quicks going hard all day, reversing it and, and bowling with defensive fields, but attacking lines and lengths, and we got the job done. So I think from that perspective, I, I think he'll be in the mix for that, um, given Stark's injury. And then the other one, I can see Agar playing in Sydney, um, mm. just for the balance of the team, because I can't see Pat Cummins moving up to the number seven position. Um, and look, whilst Agar's numbers haven't been great in Shield cricket this year, he is in, around the international setup with the white ball stuff. Um, it's hard to ga- get a gauge because he's been playing BBL at the moment. He's going well for the Scorchers, but mm. um, he's a gun fielder and he can bat a bit. But yeah, he'll probably, I think he'll come into the mix. Um, what I'd like to see, look, to be honest, that last position, I think it's really hard to. There's no real straight swaps for Cameron Green at the moment. I really like the look of young Aaron Hardy in WA, who's had a very good shield season last year when they won it, and he got 180 odd stick in the final. Um, and he can bowl. And he and Cameron Green have played a lot of junior cricket uh, with each other growing up in yeah. Perth. And he's going to be a very good player. Um, whether he's ready for Test cricket, that's another matter. But 
you know, he's someone that could come comfortably come into that sort of number six, seven role. But I'm also glad that if Alex Carey gets a chance to bat at six, you know, I think that's great reward for him having got the hundred at the MCG. So, look at the moment. I, to be honest, I don't think it matters that last spot who plays because I honestly think this team is so strong at the yeah. moment with how they're performing. That last spot, like Cameron Green found this summer, he was just like a bit of a role player with bat and ball until recently at the MCG when when uh, it unfolded the way it did. So, um, look, I think they're in a, a position where it'll, it'll be a luxury. Whoever plays uh, at the SCG, it'll be a great opportunity for them. Uh, last one, Kat. So as someone who was there in 2001 in England, there in 2004 against India, what would it mean for this team if they were to conquer those incredibly hard-to-do-so frontiers? Yeah, they are huge challenges. Um, I think if they, if they conquer both, then they have every right to rival the great Australian teams of that period um, mm. because history shows how difficult it is, particularly in India. Um, and having toured there a number of times where, you know, 04 was my first tour and we won. It was, And to this day, it's probably the highlight of my test career from a team perspective, winning that series. Um, having been a part of the 01 series, it was different because I was, you know, just a, a squad player, really. Um, whereas that one played a, a decent part in it uh, with Ricky being injured. But, yeah, England's another challenge as well because they're playing great cricket as well and they are very strong at home, with their, particularly their bowlers, Jimmy and, and Brody and these guys love bowling in England. So it will be a challenge for our batsmen there because it's so different to playing here in Australia. So if they tick these two challenges off, then I, I think everyone has every right to say, well, look, this team is right up there with the great Australian teams of that era, um, you know, through the, the 90s and 2000s. Love your work, Kat. Thanks so much for your time today and good luck over in South Africa. We'll speak to you soon. My pleasure. Simon Kadich, uh, one of our greats, an SEN cricket expert. Thanks to Anaconda. Hit someone for six with Anaconda's 10% price beat guarantee.